0: This is How Did I Get This Far? A podcast tackling the basic skills and knowledge that we all completely missed learning. Soon enough, you'll stop having to ask yourself, how did I get this far? On this episode, we don't just talk hypnosis, but we even experience it. It's time to hear for yourself, how did I get hypnotized this far? Hello, everyone. You are now getting very interested in another episode of How Did I Get This Far? Now relax and get comfortable as we discuss hypnosis and hypnotherapy guiding us is our guest norman blotkin a certified clinical hypnotherapist in sacramento california helping people tap into their subconscious mind to take charge of their healing and recovery he has helped clients with a wide range of issues including cancer smoking cessation pain management ptsd as well as overcoming blocks gaining motivation and confidence and a lot more Norman is also the author of the book Mastermind Master Life, a guide to hypnotherapy, its history, the science, and its useful applications, as well as the book Take Charge of Your Cancer, which is about proven steps to healing and recovery. I'm excited to have you awaken our minds today, Norman.
1: Oh, it's great to be here. Thanks.
0: Of course. Tell us how you have experienced this journey with hypnotherapy.
1: It wasn't my original act. I was, uh, (laughs) I did a number of things before I went to college, including the Marine Corps and the oil fields. And then I, I went to school a little later, so I was in a hurry. I was a government major, and I came to Sacramento, where the government was in California, right? So, 25-year career from clerk to consultant to lobbyist. Had my own lobbying firm. Represented clients before the legislature, and it was it was heady stuff. You know, very exciting. I love the strategy, but the, you know the politics. It's it's it gets ugly, and mm. um, I I got sick. I had cancer, and it uh, awakened in me what's come to be what I believe is my soul's purpose, which is very different. And so, um, it's been about an eight or nine year spiritual awakening, and I was led to. I, I shut down the lobbying business and moved to L.A. for a while. And and while I was there, I was led to go to the there's a nationally accredited college of hypnotherapy in, in the valley. Who knew? So I, I, I attended and I set out upon this journey to help people instead of politicians and corporations and to help them by guiding them through the power of their own subconscious mind and Uh, It's a it's it's a very powerful tool. We don't use it. It's the gateway to our programming, which we can be a slave to or we can be a master of. And so that was kind of the goal in Mastermind Master Life is to make hypnosis and hypnotherapy kind of approachable to people, because let's face it, most people's introduction is movies like Get Out or Vegas style stage shows where people cluck like chickens and You know, and we'll, we can talk about what it is and why that is and, and what the purpose of that, you know, it does, it does demonstrate the power of hypnosis. I mean, people suspend their, the parts of their mind that would make them very embarrassed for doing certain things. And, uh, you know, and again, it's a demonstration of just how powerful the, the modality can be. But I like it because it's non invasive, it's organic, and it's non chemical. And so I can help people navigate challenges in their life without a Band-Aid or a pill, you know, so that's super exciting for me.
0: Well, first of all, congratulations on beating cancer. That is amazing. And then the fact fact that that has led you into this incredible career that I can't wait to dive more into is, is very impressive. So congratulations. And Thank you. so before our interview, I'd love to just know some little known fact. Uh, so if there's any common hack, misconception, um, anything like that, that you'd like to share, make sure we get that out. Uh, what would you like to say?
1: Yeah, it's not a loss of control. And now you've seen this Vegas style shows where people do silly things, but they've agreed to do that. And you can't make anybody do anything they don't want to do. And it's a natural state that we go into every day. So if you've been driving home from work and you pull up in the driveway and you don't remember the drive, you were in hypnosis. And, you know, that's why drive time radio is so expensive because the advertisers know that it's not a loss of control. It's a deeply relaxed state at the same time that it's focused concentration. and It can be very, very pleasant.
0: Okay, good. I'm glad we got that. I totally forgot about highway hypnosis too. Ooh, that's a good one. Um, all right. So we're going to go over some basics and then we'll talk about the experience of going to a hypnotherapy session. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's just kind of get the basics. Is there a difference between just the word hypnosis and hypnotherapy? Well,
1: hypnosis is the state, the state okay. that you go into. It's a dreamlike state. Hypnosis is the state. Hypnotherapy is when you apply hypnosis to an issue and you... Okay. You know, what I do is there's the cognitive portion of a hypnotherapy session where we talk about what the issue is and we take a history and we try and connect dots where this where this behavior, this programming began so that in hypnosis, then we can uh, address that event or the, you know, the conditions that gave rise to it. So hypnosis is the state and hypnotherapy is the application for a benefit.
0: Got it. That makes perfect sense. Um, Okay. I've heard for those who can and cannot be hypnotized or, or, you know, be successful in a session, it's those who like can't believe it or like aren't willing to kind of not let loose, but just, you know, maybe not succumb to the experience. Is that true? Can anyone be hypnotized or are there limits on who can have that experience?
1: Well, the, you know, Hypnosis and hypnotherapy was looked askance at by evidence-based medicine because before we had all of these fancy machines and tools for measuring what's going on in the brain, it was largely anecdotal, right? So all all we had to go on was the person's experience as they expressed it, and uh, largely it was attributed to the persuasion of of the hypnotist or the hypnotherapist, but now we can measure these things. So there's a lot of research these days. Uh, a lot of it coming out of Stanford. Uh, Dr. David Spiegel is um, uh, is uh, way out front, and his research has shown that um, that 80% of the people can be hypnotized and 20% can't be. In my experience over the last six years, anyone who wants to be can be. But if you cross your arms and say, you're not getting in, as if I'm getting in anywhere, right? If, you know, but if you if, if, if you do this, I can't, I can't get past your defenses, your conscious mind will, will, you know, it won't let uh, it proceed. So if you're highly analytical, now there are induction techniques to get past the defenses of a highly analytical person, but first they have to want to be hypnotized, right? So if you don't want to be, I can't. So, you know what I mean? That's the threshold question. So everybody who wants to be, can be.
0: Okay, uh, so let's figure out if it is the right thing to do. Because I'm, sure, you know, obviously, like you mentioned, there are other sources of not cures, but getting through whatever it is that they're trying to beat. Um, so, how do you decide if you should go to a hypnotherapist over other forms of counseling or other resources? Well,
1: you have to be accepting. And number one, and number two, ironically, people come to me as the last resort. They've tried everything else. And I would just suggest, try this first, because there are no side effects. There's no pill. There's no, you know, it's, it is It is a little bit of work. You have to want to. And But what better way to address your issue than to commune with your own subconscious mind? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's important that you find someone who knows what they're doing and is credentialed and uh, and that you have rapport with. And it's the easiest and gentlest of all the modalities. I mean, you know, talk therapy is great, cognitive behavioral therapy is great. I believe there's an over reliance on chemical therapy that concerns me. Um, it's why I went this way instead of the other way when I made the change in my life. So if those criteria are met, that you're accepting and that you would like to try something least invasive to begin with, then I would argue that it's right for anyone.
0: And what are some of the reasons that you would go to a hypnotherapist? Is, is it the same reasons you would go to a regular therapist or you would go get you know medicine? Is it the same?
1: Yeah, and, and more. Um, so it's a very broad application because it's really applicable to any human endeavor. The big ones are people who want to stop smoking, and they've tried everything to come to me. They've had the pills, the patches, and everything. And um weight loss is another big one. Uh, and oftentimes what I find is that that layer that that extra layer of weight that they can't seem to, no matter how many they diets they go on and, and whatnot. Uh, and it's really about an emotional protection layer. Uh, but smoking, weight loss, I've had stutterers, I, I've had young people on the spectrum who have sensitivities i've helped people with fibromyalgia unexplained pain you know these type of things just the, the gamut it runs the gamut of human interaction performance or so, uh, i had a psychologist who had her phd and was practicing under someone else's license but had failed the exam for licensure three times and it was just a mental block that that they had and so i helped them pass it you know we did three sessions and they passed the exam for licensure so we we have these blocks we have these hurdles and most of the time they have an origin early in life and so kind of explore early life childhood family dynamics and structures. And this kind of gives us clues to the things that are happening, but it's applicable to anything. There's, there's a ton of research about how it's applicable to IBS or irritable bowel syndrome and other gut kind of maladies like Crohn's and others. I've helped people sleep. I've helped people with migraines. I mean, it, run, it runs the, the gamut of, of human interaction.
0: Wow, that is a very extensive list. That's amazing. Yeah. It's so weird that it's not more common. Then, especially it being non-invasive and just that it works. Whatever you know, you know the story. Yeah, I do. I do. <laughs> you
1: know, the problem is people have the common conception in their mind that it you're going to collect like a chicken, or you know that you're going to blab all your deepest darkest secrets, and it's a loss of control. So that's why the you know that. Thank you so much for the opportunity to dispel the myths because those mm-hmm. are the largest impediments. The other thing is you know let's just be let's just be honest here the other thing is that insurance doesn't cover it and it's largely cash pay so you know people have been trained to uh get their health care through uh through their employer and someone else pays for it and so you know the notion of plinking down but you know with these smokers they come in and i'm like listen it's 500 bucks in four sessions and you won't smoke anymore they say 500 dollars. like listen it's ten dollars a pack, if you're smoking a pack a day, I mean, do the math. What's it costing you to not solve this problem? You know. So
0: Whoa.
1: anyway, so that's another that's another impediment.
0: That that right there is the quote of this episode. That's a really really good perspective. Um, okay, so I know we, we so we talked about the price. So if there's a financial risk, it's that's at least you know how much it's going to cost, how long it's going to take. Um, are there any other risks or maybe other fears that people might have for reasons why they don't try it?
1: Well, the loss of control is the biggest one, you know, and, you know, so I'm under the same ethical obligations of confidentiality. So I I can't tell anybody about you or anything unless you, you know, say you're going to harm someone or yourself. And then I have to, but aside from that, there's confidentiality. And that's the biggest one people think that you're going to lose control. A lot of people have a hard time talking about their stuff, you know? And um, so I create a safe place. I'm a reflective listener. And um, uh, but you know, those, those are kind of the the barriers to entry for a lot of people are the, you know, the the entertainment uh, aspect of it that they've seen, the fear of loss of control, and yeah. the cost.
0: It, so let's squash it or maybe kind of explain it uh, right here. The whole concept of like being able to make someone do something silly, like cluck like a chicken. Um, I mean, I know I've seen it like, you know, at my high school graduation party and things like that are my friends just acting or I mean is it possible to use hypnotherapy in this like evil way is it is it true at all
1: well I mean evil is kind of the 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 key word there mm-hmm. the people who go to a show are there for entertainment and the people who volunteer to go up on a stage are there for Entertainment they've agreed to. So remember you asked, can you make somebody do something they don't want to? And no, this is the answer. Um, um you can hypnotize someone beyond their control, but will they act on what you the suggestion that you've given them? And the answer is probably not. Uh, you know, otherwise, you know, I could get a date every night. No, I'm just kidding. So <laughs> um, you know, so uh the 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 biggest thing is you know that loss of control. You can't make someone do something that they don't want to do. So for entertainment sake, they've, they've signed up. Yes, I agree to do it. They, I understand that I, you know, it's going to, it's for entertainment sake. And so they, those stage hypnotists, they look for people who are kind of in the audience Mm -hmm. and they're, you know, they warm them up a little bit and the people who are really malleable, you know, and, and suggestible, they're, they're picking them up and asking them to come up on stage. And, and so what they do is they take them into hypnosis and hypnosis, operates on the, the executive function. And it, it, it that part of you that would be embarrassed about doing something is suspended. And so you're, you're in a trance, you're feeling very comfortable and relaxed, and you're given a suggestion to cluck like a chicken and you just, you just do it. Or you you bite into that onion and, and think it's an apple. And to you, it tastes like an apple and it's true. And these things are actually, and it, what I'm very uncomfortable by the whole thing but it exists for a reason it's it exists to demonstrate just how powerful hypnosis is so that's what they do they entertain people by showing them how to use hypnosis to make people do something that they wouldn't ordinarily do now someone who's really good at hypnosis could go in into a grocery store and say you know just ring it up and don't charge me any money right and that doesn't happen Right. right. So because there's people who are very, very good at putting someone into a trance, you know, snap your finger. There are there are inductions, uh interrupt inductions by you in uh you can induce someone into hypnosis through a handshake. Or, you know, so you know, there's all kinds of ways to put someone in a trance, but what do you do with it once you're there?
0: Yeah. Okay, well, then we have confirmed with a real hypnotherapist that that stuff is real, uh, but of course, everybody agreed to the entertainment of it all. All right, well, that's actually kind of fun to know that that wasn't fake. We've talked about obviously people being able to become a hypnotherapist and the skills that they have. Is it possible for an everyday person to be able to hypnotize themselves, or are there, are there like practices we can do to maybe try it out? Yeah, anything like that?:
1: All hypnosis is self-hypnosis. All I do is guide. I'm a guide. And I know some of the things to say. So self-hypnosis goes like this. You know, you can reach it through a deep meditative state. There's tons of apps or of shows on, on YouTube. Uh, go through YouTube and find one that speaks to you. Um, I, I like, there's a couple, I like that's Native American drums and flute with a crackling fire in the background or nature sounds and you just be quiet and still. Now the easy way in, is to sit quiet and still in in a darkened room by yourself where you'll be undisturbed. Take three deep, slow breaths, breathing in through your nose and out through your mouth. Close your eyes. Visualize a staircase with 10 steps. With each step, You go deeper and deeper into a deeply relaxed state. Ten, nine, very relaxed now. Eight, seven, mentally relaxed now. Six, five, four three, deeper and deeper, two, one. And at the bottom of the staircase, have a seat at the bench and introduce yourself to your higher self and have a conversation. What do you need to know? One, two, three, four, five, eyes open, wide awake. One, two, three, four, five, eyes open, wide awake. And so what you can do Ooh, is you-
0: Almost lost, almost lost me a mid-interview.
1: <laughs> you know, I could have had you look at the clo- floating clouds, taking shape or something. I know. Different.
0: I was right. Maybe I just like cut off the interview and just get a little session here. Yeah. But- <laughs> yeah.
1: And you can record yourself doing that because you're very suggestible yeah. to yourself. So you just, you take yourself through that 3 deep breaths, staircase, 10 steps, count yourself down to 10 and then whatever scenario you want to create and then you know that conversation with your higher self is really really powerful yeah and then you record that for yourself and then you play it back for yourself and you and you mm-hmm. self hypnotize and you can make suggestions to yourself like i'm going to be more motivated my new year's resolution is to be more organized and i'm going to be more organized and then I'm going to do so in the following ways, right? And so you record this for yourself, and then you listen to it. And now you've just, wow. now you've just hacked your own programming.
0: Yeah, and that really worked. Like, that felt so different. I already – and I know, like, my final question is going to be how it feels afterwards. But I already know. I feel this, like, weird sense of relaxation that I – yeah. Did not expect to get mid-interview, so that was pretty cool. Well, the, the
1: good news amazing. is that's that you amazing. can be deeply relaxed and and hyper focused, and that's the hallmark right. of of uh, hypnosis is that that dichotomy of a deep relaxed state with a highly focused mind.
0: Mm-hmm. No, definitely, because I mean, I know what I'm doing. I'm like in the zone still with my questions, but at the same time, I wow, yeah, Ooh, it's a, it's
1: that's athletes cool. <laughs> athletes call it being in the zone. Like you, it's this repetitive, repetitive, repetitive practice, practice, practice. And you get in the zone, you're in kind of a hypnotic state.
0: Yeah. Well, let's talk more about this experience here. So um, we kind of talked about what it is that you're doing, but if there's any other notes about what it is that you're doing, I know you said you're guiding, but how yeah. you might be doing that. And then um, what what it is that you're doing to get somebody into that stance and to de- and to debunk, if you ever use a, I hope this isn't offensive. If you're ever using like those pocket watches that are swinging side to side or those spirals, is any of that legitimate?
1: It is. These are old fashioned inductions. They're It's called eye fascination. And uh, now, now I'm more likely to because I don't own a pocket watch. I'm more likely to use like a crystal. I'll uh, I'll have someone. I have yeah. I have a a set of crystals and stuff, especially for young people, you know, when you have um, uh, preteens and teens, uh, you know, eye fascination is a, is a good way in. Um, but so, yes, there. I mean, there's always a kernel of truth, isn't there? You know what I mean? So um, that is an induction called eye fascination, and uh, it can induce a trance. I don't use those. I use like a, a deep relaxation progressive relaxation I'll have you you know envision relaxing from the tips of your toes and then uh, through each body part all the way up to the top of your head I may throw in some woo woo you know maybe a violet light from the cosmos you know uh depending on who I'm talking to right you got to you got to really know who your clients are if they're open to woo I can get really woo woo <laughs> you know <I'm> just back <laughs> from Sedona and I'm all fired up and charged but Anyway, uh, so, you know, you know what I mean? Audience analysis is super important. I once had this tough guy and he was a hunter. And I, I took him into hypnosis with this old yarn that was I had, I was in speech and debate in, uh, in college and I I did this nature themed um, speech presentation on oral interpretation. And there was this story about this hunter back in the old days and he'd run out of bullets and then he saw uh, a big buck and all he had was the cherry pits that he'd been eating. And so he put those in his gun and he shot and he thought for sure he got them. And, but you know, a year goes by, he's in the same place and there's this big buck and there's a cherry tree growing between his uh, antlers. Right. So you, you use what you've got. And that really worked for this tough guy who's, you know, it's like, how do I take this guy into hypnosis? But I had, yeah. I had a little story. So each story <laughs> is, is unique to, to the person. Uh, one woman, an older woman, she loved Gloria Steinem. So I'm mm-hmm. taking her into a hypnosis and I pull out my cell phone and I Google Gloria Steinem quotes. And I'm, so it's in real time. <laughs> I'm hypnotizing her. And then I take her into a conversation. She said her favorite place was this apartment she had in Seattle that overlooked a, a park and and I had had her in the cognitive portion describe so I got my notes and I'm describing her being in this little kitchen overlooking the park in Seattle having a conversation with Gloria Steinem and I'm pulling the quotes right off Google on my phone while I, you know what I mean see how much yeah. fun this see how much fun this is
0: that is pretty cool when you're um in these sessions, I know obviously I kind of experienced for myself for a moment what it feels like. Yeah. Um, but are there different like kinds of stages? Yeah. I think we kind of debunked that it's not that you're asleep, you're just in a different state of like a consciousness. Yeah. But what exactly is it that we're feeling?
1: Yeah, okay. So there's there's three there's three stages of hypnosis. There's hypnoidal hypnosis, that's the highway hypnosis. Right. Or the twilight right before you fall asleep, your eyes are flittering. It's a good, it's a good time to write down some goals in a notebook by the side of your bed. Uh, Hypnoidal. Then there's catalepsy. Catalepsy you experience when you're at night, when you're asleep and your hands and legs go to sleep. And that's so that you don't hurt yourself or someone sleeping next to you when you're slaying the dragon in your dreams.
0: Right. So in catalepsy.
1: And so people will, when I, I, that's the area that I work at, the stage of hypnosis that I work, I work in catalepsy. So I will take them into catalepsy and they'll wake up and doing this because their hands feel like they were asleep.
0: Yeah. My body was like kind of tingly. At uh-huh.
1: Yeah. And so, and I, so I look for signs like that. I look for breathing signs. I look for, you know, goosebumps. I look for these kind of things and then I'll work on that. And then there's somnambulism. Somnambulism is the closest thing to feeling like you're asleep. You may have uh, amnesia. You may not remember anything of it. Your subconscious does. And that's when people will you know, snortle and stuff like that. But they'll remember, like, I, I thought I was asleep. I heard myself snore. Like, well, you heard yourself snore, so you weren't asleep, <laughs> right? <laughs> so because we don't hear ourselves snoring when we're snoring and when we're asleep. Right. So uh, hypnoidal, which is kind of the everyday, catalepsy, which is what I try and induce, and that's the uh, the level that, that I like to help people make change in and then somnambulism which is you're you're deep and you you may not remember any of it and it's but it's all dreamlike
0: yeah so yes it's dreamlike so I, i'm not sure if we did debunk that maybe i should take it back are we sleeping or it's just like almost like the simulation of sleeping
1: it's simulation. That's a good way to refer to it as it's simulation is sleeping because oftentimes you'll be in REM. It's it's triggering dream. So, you know, we dream when we're in the rapid eye movement stage of sleep and it's triggering that rapid eye movement usually. And, uh, and that's why, that's why I create these things like the yarn with the, you know, the hunter and the cherry tree, or I'll, you know, have them see the shapes of clouds and different things. I always ask people, what's your happy place? You know, and it could be, it could be a beach in Hawaii. It could be, you know, all kinds of different, the, the Tahoe or the mountains or any place that is their happy place.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then I take them there and I describe it with minute detail. So that they're really live. They feel like they're really there and their eyes are doing like this. You know what I mean? Sometimes their eyes just roll up and they're like, it's kind of funny. <laughs> But I can see the breathing changes, you know, as soon as the breathing changes and the eye movements, uh, these are all the signs for me that your cheeks flatten out a little bit. And so these are all the signs that I know. And that's when I can start working. So let's talk about a typical hypnotherapy session. You come in and we have the cognitive session. You just sit and we sit across from each other and we just chat. What are we going to work on today? How have you been since the last session? What, What has been your experience? You know, um, and so we go over these things. Uh, so I need dots. I need dots to connect. So I'm I'm a reflective listener and I'm making notes. And so then we move, we transition to the chair and they recline. And then I'll do a progressive relaxation. And they, folks who've done this five, six, seven, eight times, they just go get in the chair, sit down, push back. And they're almost in already, you know, because it's such a pleasant experience. Yeah. Even for those, you know, I do a lot of inner child work and I'll take people back, I'll regress them in time to their childhood. Even when they cry, I introduce them to their inner child and have them tell her that they love her and and that everything's going to be okay. And they've always did, they know, they do their best because they always did their best. And, you know, tears just start streaming. And then they come back at the end and, and they're they're happy and they're relaxed. And it's a super... Positive experience. So the cognitive, then the induction, and then the suggestions, and there's time distortion for the client. And then I bring them back up. I play a little woo woo music, at, you know, during the, the process. And there's a there's a guy at, at uh, HMI uh, College of Hypnotherapy in the Valley where I went, and he's a sound guy. They have their own TV and and sound stuff. And Lee Lee Spusta is his name, and he's he does all these great hypnotic tracks. And so I've got a few of his. And so I play those, you know, it all just adds to it, right? You got to create this, you got to create the scenario, you got to, you got to set the stage. So in all honesty, I guess I have to admit that there's a bit of showmanship to even to (laughs) hypnotherapy.
0: Hey, though, it makes it an amazing experience. That sounds fantastic what you do. And I'm so glad that you accepted my suggestion uh, to be on this podcast. So thank you, Norman. Um, Well, for those who have been reprogrammed to um, understand hypnotherapy a little bit more um, and maybe want to give it a try, where can people reach you or maybe stay connected with you?
1: Yeah, I'm at www.normanplotkin.com. I'm on Facebook at Norman Plotkin, Inc., Insta, uh, Norman Plotkin, CHT. I've done, uh, I do this. I have an office. I do it in the office. I've done it by Zoom with people all over the world. Um, some people do it by phone. I, I just, I need to see, you know, I need to have that experience. But at any rate, uh, I do remote sessions. I do sessions in the office. I've written, as you've noted, thank you for the plug. Uh, Mastermind, Master Life is a great introduction. It's. It's what is it? What's the history of it? What does science say? And how can you apply it in your life? So it's a great primer for anybody who's interested. It's available on Amazon, as is my first book, Take Charge of Your Cancer. It's available on Amazon. And, you know, I do free consultations. So as someone's curious, give me a call. My number's on my website. Again, normanplotkin.com. And uh, happy to chat with you about the wonders and power of hypnotherapy.
0: Fantastic. And I will say, if you're questioning the idea of doing it via Zoom, I almost lost myself in this interview. So it works even via Zoom. But I hope this episode has elevated everyone's awareness about hypnosis and has left you more motivated to continue learning about different aspects of life. So if that's true, we will see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye. I hope this episode helped. Please subscribe, rate, and review to support the podcast and follow along for more hacks, tips and failed attempts on Instagram at how did i get this far pod. Well, that's as far as we will get for now. I'm Amanda Ogen. Thanks for listening.